WMAY. Good morning and welcome to a very special edition of Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry with Dr. Tanya DeSanto of the Prairie Dental Group and a very special guest today and I think very timely in the fact that back to school and there's so many things to think about Dr. Tanya. It, it goes beyond finding the good deal on crayons and scissors and things <laughs> like that. You really have to think about a lot of stuff going back to school don't you? Yes, you sure do. Thanks for having us here. And we're here today live in the studio with our orthopedic superstar, Dr. Diane hillard Symbol from Springfield Clinic. Welcome. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here this morning. We have all kinds of back-to-school issues, and some of them are health-related. Some of them are dental and medical-related, too. So as much as you read about all your school supply lists and all the things you need to get going for school, back to school we thought we'd bring in a, a different perspective on on the whole back to school theme for for the listeners exactly yeah i think the, the the fact that that so many kids are involved in athletics and involved in you know track and volleyball and in football and some of the fall sports and then you move into the to the winter and you've got basketball and, and and things like that you know we've got a lot of athletes out there that are going to be subjected to a lot of sports injuries you know you are a sports injury special specialist and as a sports medicine doctor what advice can you give to guard against those injuries well there's a lot of things we can do and Maybe we should start first with heat illness because football season starts Monday. Right. The state fair is coming up. In fact, I think today is Youth Day. And in August, we think about the heat. And sometimes the, the acclim acclimatization has been a problem. If people aren't in shape and they're going right back to sports practices, you have to think about that. So one thing, let's talk about um, prevention. Um, being a, a little bit in shape going in is helpful, but if you're not, like the football practices, one thing they do is early, early practices in general. The old two-a-days where you're going for many hours and, and staying out in the heat, um, that's kind of gone by the wayside. Taking frequent breaks and not being afraid to, to take water because in the olden days, again, water was sort of taboo and people would be penalized if they took a break. Now they're actually mandatory breaks. So um, we have to remember that it's not just the 95 degree heat, even anything above 80 degrees, people are at risk. So if there's heat and humidity, being prepared for that. And not just football, everybody thinks football with the equipment, uh, soccer, any fall sport, cross country, even band, you have to think about. They do their two-a-days as well and get out there and, and they're in those uh, uniforms sometimes. And even without the uniforms, the heat is a problem. So that's, that's one thing we just want to think about right now in August you know, what's amazing about it, too, is that with all the hydration products that are out there now, I mean, it seems like you can buy sports drinks in every color under the rainbow, every flavor that so there is, true. whatever, but you still bring up water, doctor, and I think water that's really important. Water is the best. I mean, there's a lot of marketing, and that's all great if you want to have that as a, a flavor, but the, the number one beverage should be water. And even something simple as weighing yourself before and after practice, that's sweat, that's water you've lost, you need to rehydrate that same amount or more to, you know, you don't want to lose water weight. That's even uh, very dangerous. So, And not to interject about the, the dental issue here, but, you know, the sports drinks are just a huge problem in, in the oh. teenage population in our practice with tooth decay. Yeah. We have a lot of problems with that because, you know, kids are sipping that, that constant introduction to sugar on the teeth throughout the day. The teeth never get a break from all the acid, and they're just sipping those drinks all day long instead of water. When I often wonder, do they really need those drinks? They could just be drinking water. Water so. is number one. 
definitely. Dr. Hilliard is with us, uh, Dr. Hilliard Symbol here at News uh, Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY with Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry. Doctor, why does it seem that females have more ACL tears than men? You know, I mean, first of all, ACL tears seem to be increasing generally overall in the population, but it seems to be more women too. Why is that? That's a very good question. ACL is an anterior cruciate ligament injury. It's a major stabilizer of the knee. And females, there are several theories. Um, one is anatomy, so the, the angle at the knee is a little greater. Um, another thing that's been studied is the hamstring versus quadriceps strength. Females tend to be what's called quadriceps dominant. Um, so some things, anatomy we cannot change, but obviously the strength and the alignment we can to some degree. A huge factor is hip strength. Um, so when females land, if you look, they sometimes land sort of knock-kneed or that's called valgus. Um, so strengthening the hip is very, very important. So we have some neuromuscular training programs that we can incorporate. Um, our athletic trainers are versed in those. We've done a lot of coach education. But it really starts at a young age, right about you know junior high age is when the discrepancy occurs. And, and you're absolutely right. Females four to six times as common, even up to eight times more common in soccer if you control for the exact same number of hours mm. of participation, the exact sports participation, females will have anywhere from four to eight times more injuries. Yeah. So we've really got to target them at a young age, get them jumping and landing. One simple test that everyone can do, male, female alike, is just standing in front of a mirror on one leg. And if you can balance and your pelvis is level and your hip is in line with your knee and your ankle and control that and then do a simple squat and maintain that, that's sort of a... A simple test. Now, certainly our athletic trainers and some of the things we do is have them then add jumping and landing and make sure that, you know, it's not just about the strength, it's about the quality. And then you have to add balance and things like that because sports is not a controlled environment. They've got to be able to control that position. Um, and obviously th some things we can't control, the contact ACL injuries, when someone's hit by another player, that sure. that we can't control for. But the non-contact um, Neuromuscular training, number one, um, starting at a young age and being aware of the problem so that correct form before you go for the uh, high performance. Doctor, what about the knee braces, too? There seem to be so many of those. Um, what, what, what goes into the fitting of those? Are all knee braces just the same, or can people buy advanced ones, or are they even, you know, you're, you're talking a lot about hips. Is, is, is reinforcing the joint even a part of it? Well, for prevention, braces really don't have a big role. So uh, wearing a brace is not going to prevent an ACL injury. There are braces that we use for many different uh, diagnoses, such as patellofemoral pain, people who have kneecap tracking issues. Those braces can be helpful. But again, the, the rehab, the muscular training is number one. We don't anticipate people having to use braces for a long period of time or never really for prevention. Um, Postoperatively, we use braces for rehabilitation purposes uh, almost routinely. But um, prevention, it's really more the neuromuscular training that we're gearing towards. Yeah, because I, I remember in the football world, there were a lot of people that were that were doing these knee braces that prevented injuries that that kind of had you know structural reinforcement and almost plastic there, and 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 some players have credited that for saving their knees. Well, and in football, I guess I should go back because that is one area where the braces to prevent MCL injuries for mm -hmm. the linemen only, the skill players, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but that's what they're called, the sure. position players, the halfbacks, and the quarterbacks, and. Those positions have not been shown to decrease injury, but alignment, the down linemen, 
they do wear braces in the NFL routinely, and that's gone down to the high school level. They are available for prevention of MCL injury. That's the medial collateral ligament. They have been shown to decrease injury rates, so that is one position that we do use prophylactic bracing in some cases. Very wow, I'm learning yeah. a lot here. Yeah, Great. exactly. I know. This is really cool. It's 742 exciting. at News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Let's talk cosmetic dentistry. Taking a little bit of a turn here, we're talking a little bit about orthopedics and making sure that your kid gets through the upcoming athletic season with Dr. Diane Hillard-Semble here. Uh, doctor, let's talk a little bit about the attentions to concussions because that, that is a huge thing. I mean, we're seeing uh, um, lawsuits. We're seeing uh, uh, more uh, pro- concussion protocols call in the in the major athletes and that's going down to the high school level too you know what can athletes parents and coaches do to prevent concussions Yes, concussion is a huge issue, and there's so much research being done at all levels, and it kind of trickles down from the pros uh, to the high school level and even to the youth sports. Um, First of all is education, being aware what a concussion is. And it used to be that people would think, oh, someone has to, you know, be out flat out cold no any there are degrees of mild traumatic head injury basically and so that having a quote bell rung is not a normal thing in any sport so you know it used to be come out on the sideline and a football coach what happened oh you got your bell rung we'll go back in now we know that any mild traumatic brain injury that's what a concussion is um, there are symptoms of headache there are symptoms of not being able to focus there are symptoms of just not being right dizziness uh, visual things all kinds of spectrum but number one knowing that In no case should you go back into a a competition with a concussion. So being aware from a parent perspective, most importantly from an athlete perspective, they need to know that if something happens, um, it's not cool to just suck it up and go back in. You want to let your coach know, your athletic trainers. Luckily, we have our athletic trainers at the sidelines of most of the schools in the area. Um, One thing that can be done from a prevention, it's been shown that the neck muscles are important in controlling the position. And um, in head injuries, especially in football, uh, proper tackling techniques, keeping the head up. Um, we know, again, from studying injury rates and injury data that the the spearing and the leading with the head not only led to head injuries but also to neck injuries. So that was outlawed years ago. Now they've got the horse collaring and the, the different laws and the targeting rules which are meant to prevent injury and I hear some people watching football games like oh that wasn't a that wasn't intentional it doesn't matter if it's intentional we've got to control some of the bad hits because that's where injuries occur so keeping the head up heads up football is one of the youth prevention programs it's called heads up football and teaching them tackling always seeing the ball if you're seeing the ball your head's up you're not leading with your head. You're leading more with the shoulder. And so um, identifying, and the youth coaches are very into this. We do a lot of ed- education even at the American youth football level um, to get the athletes from a very young age to have the appropriate techniques. Doctor, I imagine you've had a lot of parents come up to you concerned about football and whether their kids play or whatever. And and obviously, we're seeing some stuff in in the major leagues right now where we've seen athletes. Uh, I, I'm a big Minnesota Twins fan, Justin Morneau, uh, Joe Maurer, you know, retiring early. You know, they retired in their mid-30s because of concussion issues that, that were basically acquired by playing hockey as kids. You know, that's what happened to them. And they, they got concussions and it started that way. You know, for a parent that's concerned about letting their child play football, is indeed football safer today than it was 
10, 15 years ago, knowing what we know about concussions? Yes, and I can speak not only from a sports medicine physician perspective, but as a parent who I had a son who played youth football, actually started in first grade, Rochester High School, graduated 2015. Sorry, a little brag there. A little uh, brag. He, he's <laughs> awesome. That's all right. <laughs> but, um, and luckily he never experienced a concussion, but um, I studied that before I even let him play youth football. And the rates at the young, young age uh, soccer actually had a much higher rate of injury. If you look at con- concussions specifically, the highest rate is in rugby, um, if you look at all sports. Then comes football. Then comes soccer. Um, and men's and women's soccer. And you, if you think about that with the heading uh, and the heading of the ball, that's one thing that we've um, – it's eliminated in, in youth soccer now that until a certain age they're not allowed to head the ball. But um, – so back to your question, it is safer. Um, youth football is safer, football in general, because of, again, studying and taking the data that we learn from injury, injury surveillance data from the NFL and the NCAA, and then correlating that to rule changes and, and importantly, into education. And so that everyone is aware from the athletes to the coaches to the parents and um, taking these strategies and making it safer. All right, we are talking about getting your student athlete ready for school and back to school. Not only do they not do they need markers and pens and things like that, but they need the proper care too. We're going to talk about dental care on that coming up next too on Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry at 7:48 at News Talk 94.7 and 9:70 WMAY. The only sp- welcome back to Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Dr. Tanya DeSano this morning joined by our guest, Dr. Diane Hillard Symbol, uh, orthopedic surgeon, and we're talking about getting your student athlete ready for back to school and keeping them safe on the field. And Dr. Tanya, that includes dental uh, situations too. You know, a lot of times on the show you've talked about mouth guards and things. You know, what are the advantages and differences of something purchased over the counter as far as mouth guards? go as opposed to a professionally fitted appliance? Oh, that's a big question. I get that question asked all the time, actually. You know, we love to um, control the fit of the mouth guard, specifically looking at pressure points and contact points and really protecting the teeth and wrapping that material around each tooth, the teeth that would take the impact the most. So we like to control and make those specifically designed for 100% dental protection. There are so many over-the-counter mouth guards. You can boil them. You can warm them. You can form them in your own mouth. And those are great. Um, And they do the job maybe, but they're not as effective as if we can get our hands on that mouth guard and custom make it for you and really know those teeth are safe. When a dentist makes your mouth guard, your teeth are not going to break because your teeth are protected with the right thicknesses, the right pressure points, and the right coverage necessary to do that. So they're not too much more expensive than you know, getting something over the counter. I think it's worth the investment, but that's my bias speaking, of course. No, no, it just makes total sense what you, the way you bring that up. You know, when you're talking about a boil-in-the-bag mouthpiece, you know, and I played a lot of hockey, that's all I really ever used, you know, the, the, you don't have the, it, like you said, the extra plastic in the impact areas. You know, you want to make sure that you're really reinforced in that mouth guard where you're going to take a puck in the chops so right. that you keep your teeth. Well, and then, you know, our materials are completely different as well. So uh, we make a material that is a a hard acrylic based material on the outside but a very soft cushioned material on the inside so in impact we study these materials and and we do a lot of research on our mouth guards in the impact points when a ball a football a hockey puck whatever the case may be an, an elbow would hit a mouth 
it's going to hit something hard and then it's going to cushion as the pressure goes to the teeth to avoid enamel fracturing, um, pulpal exposure, any kind of, you know, trauma, breakage fractures. So there's a cushion, there's a layer to it. So it, and, and it kind of softens the blow before it gets to the teeth. And the outside is curved so that it fits against your lip mucosa comfortably. All these benefits are not going to be coming from an over-the-counter boil material that is not... Uh, doesn't have the tensile strength or c- the compression strength like a professional main mouth guard would. So it, it's one layer to protect the teeth. A commercial over-the-counter Walgreens mouth guard will just be one layer in between that hockey puck and the tooth, but chances are percentage-wise not enough to fully protect that tooth. So, I mean, luck may have it, and maybe the fracture wouldn't be as strong, but the tooth could definitely still fracture with a mouth guard that you would just boil and make just because of the material that it's made with alone. So, uh, but we'll take anything, any protection, you know, when it comes right down to it, every child should have protection. Um, It's, it's, you know, I've been a hockey dentist for a long time, and I know in and out of working on different hockey players, I'll watch them play their game, and they're, you know, out I'll be looking to see if they have that mouth guard in their mouth, not what they're doing on the ice. So, and you know, they, they chew on them, they gnaw on them when they're not in their mouth and they're, you know, put them in your mouth and cover your teeth. I feel like their mother, but it's, um, it's a huge amount of, um, the percentage of success with a professional mouth guard is just, you're just safe. Those teeth are not going to break. And, doctor, and, and even the non hockey sports. I mean, just this year, I, called you about the athlete from University of Illinois Springfield women's basketball. That's right. Who had a tooth knocked out. I mean, yeah. uh, they need to be wearing mouth guards in multiple sports. Yeah, I was just going right. to add, that's, a, that's exactly what I was going to reflect upon. We always thought about the mouth guard world, hockey, football, that's about it. Now, usually every sport, you know, can, can, can benefit an athlete by using a mouth guard. Right, exactly. I was just looking up the statistics on, on basketball and in the American Dental, American Dental Association did a study that 31% of all injuries uh, in basketball were related to not having a mouth guard. So that's huge. It's huge. All those elbows flying. That's right. And you know, when a dentist (laughs) makes your mouth guard, the cool part is it can be in your team colors and, you know, we can make it all all jazzed up. So (laughs) at no extra charge. (laughs) (laughs) It makes it more user friendly is my perspective. If we make it so they like it and it's cool, they'll wear it. So So in other words, I can put on my old uh, Minnesota North Star jersey and then you can make me a mouth guard and I can look like I'm from Alabama, right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Doctor, listen, if a tooth is lost during a sporting event what is the protocol to to save that tooth is it possible to save it and if so what should people be doing yes this happens more than you could ever imagine so I, a take-home message now you know we can talk about this in a lot of clinical detail or we can just make a take-home message version of it if a tooth is knocked out you want to make sure you just keep it moist in a paper towel wet the paper towel with water put the tooth in the paper towel and get to a dentist that is the best possible advice I can give you. What you don't want to do is scrub the tooth, clean the blood off, rinse it off, make sure it's really clean and bring me a crystal clean tooth with no connective tissue, fibers, blood. I want the fibers. I want the bleeding. I'll clean the tooth. I'll make sure I can handle it on our end. Um, A perfectly clean tooth is not going to stay in. You can, it just isn't. It's just like that it doesn't have the biological components to adhere back into the human body. So um, you want to just take the tooth, wrap it in t- a towel, and you know set it in a paper towel, moist, and and that's it. And bring it to a dentist. You can try to put it back in if you are so brave. But I would prefer a professional do that in the right positioning. We brace it. 
most of the time they are very successful actually if done within 30 minutes there's a study that shows every you know a graph can show you at the end of 60 minutes at the end of two hours the success of reimplantation decreases significantly within 30 minutes it's almost 100 percent successful if done properly and it's not rinsed or contaminated in, in, in such a way. So there's a lot of theories out there about what to do. Soaking it in milk, you've heard those stories. Um, you know, soaking in milk isn't the worst thing in the world, but you don't want to rinse off the tooth and you don't want to lose the, the blood and the fiber. So if sure. you soak it in milk, you are still losing blood and fibers in the milk. I mean, that's some myth that started. I don't know when. So I think the best thing to do is just protect whatever fell out gently in a paper towel or, or you know, some wet, moist. But it seems like I always lose a tooth Sunday night at 930 or something along those lines. <laughs> what, do, what do I do? I you mean, call. So you call your um, emergency room. You call your local dental office, Prairie Dental Group. We're on call all the time, 24 hours a day. There's really you call our office, you get a cell phone number, and it's one of the four of us, and we will be there and we will help you. And we've done it many, many times. Um, and the times that we've done it, honestly, in my career, it's all been high school students. I've have never had an adult knock on wood. Um, it's always the basketball player, the football player, the playground. Um, those kind of situations. Halloween it's, it's costume, a, I remember one oh, story. Oh, that's yeah. right. I did have the Halloween trick-or-treater, the seven-year-old. Yeah. She never wore heels before, and she was Cinderella, and she wore heels and fell. <laughs> Trick-or-treating. That's true. I forgot about her. What a sweetheart. And, you know, by the way, um, fast forward, she was seven, and now she's married, and... 24 and she still has her tooth oh, so wow, that's, that's my story. own local story that that works well so so that works um that's my take of advice is just don't scrub the tooth make sure that you leave as much of the original blood and whatever else is on the tooth that you know cover it up it might not be something you want to look at anyway so just cover it up and bring it to your dentist dr diane and if anybody has any questions about keeping their athlete uh, healthy during this uh, season coming up boy can they give you a call or oh that would be great yes i'm at springfield clinic orthopedics and sports medicine and it's 528-7541 just ask for dr die hillard sumble i'd be oh. happy to field questions and I love to do education and we work a lot with the coaches and families and even community events too to keep people healthy. It's so awesome having you here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you yeah, so much. It's a great time. And of course, Prairie Dental Group, they can call you at? Um, they can call us at 217-546-0412. Doctors, thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you. you can depend on.